Well, this morning we have the privilege to hear from Pastor Ron. And I think he's getting all mic'd up real quick. So we get to hear from him, and he's going to wrap some bars for us. So he's first going to do a hip-hop show for us for the first 15 minutes. And then after he does this hip-hop show, then, um, then he's going to get into his message. But um, let's pray for Pastor Ron, and then we're going to uh, let him have the floor. Father, we thank you for Ron. We thank you for the gifts that you've given him and his family. Ask that, uh, that you would speak clearly through him today. Uh, Holy Spirit, that you would um, just guide him as, he, um, as he's prepared, Father, but you would just guide him with flexibility of what you're doing. May he preach your message today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. How are we doing this morning? Fine? That's good. That's good. That's good. Okay. So, it's looking at my time here. Okay. So, I have an engagement um, right after church. Um, so, I have to go to a funeral. Um, and that is starting at 11. So, let's see what we do with time here. And, uh, yeah, we'll just go from there. So... Uh, I've been uh, having this, this vision for quite some time now, and I've been telling the youth about it. And it's this vision that the church in general is like, it's like a forest, a forest of large trees, like sequoias. They look like sequoia trees. And I don't know if you've seen the sequoia trees out in California. Uh, they're, they're like 350 feet high in the air. And uh, just amazing that trees are actually that big. And I've been seeing these trees, and there's this fruit that's dangling off the trees. Now, if you know sequoia trees, they don't have fruit on them. But these trees, these trees have fruit. And this fruit is about the size of, of pumpkins, large pumpkins. And everyone from around comes to get this fruit. And this fruit isn't produced anywhere else in the world. Only with the church. It's a peculiar fruit. And it tastes so sweet and it's so delicious. And people come from all over just to receive this fruit. And where these trees are, there's this market And everybody's really excited. There's all this excitement around this fruit. And the beautiful thing is, the fruit is for free. You don't even have to pay for it. See, Shelly, she's backing me up. It's free. (laughs) You know, a lot of times... You know, when I think about this 2030 vision, I feel like I have to build that crop on my own. So there's this, there's this weight on my chest like I have to carry the world. And so sometimes I can just kind of beat myself up because me, I'm a dad, I'm a husband. And so I run around and I do all these things. I'm out shoveling snow. 
Um, going to meetings, you know, driving this person there. I'm driving this, that person there. I'm trying to wash dishes. Um, you know, just so many things, you know. Um, trying to do laundry, trying to help the wife. And I can just beat myself up because I'm thinking with this 2030 vision that all of this has to come from me. It's just the person that I am. I'll, I'll take on a lot, of, a lot of things into my life and say that this is my fault because this is, this is just the person that I am. And I know that some of us can be that way. We can take on all this pain. We can take on all of uh, this weight of having to do the gospel. Moms, I know you all stay busy. You're changing diapers, you're taking kids to practice. You're doing laundry, you're making dinner, making lunches, if he begs. He didn't have to beg sometimes. I know you guys are just sweet and you just do it for him. But you have a lot of cleaning to do. Some of you have jobs and you're still trying to do all of this stuff. And you can just feel a lot of weight on you. Then when it's time to go to bed, you got this hairy guy looking at you and you're like, I don't want to talk to you. What you looking at? Men, you're doing the same thing. You're, you're taking your kids to, to ball practice. Some of us are coaching. We're coaching our kids. We have things to come home and fix. We have to shovel the snow, cut the grass. And you may feel a lot of weight on you. You may feel a lot of pressure on you. Sometimes when that stuff kicks in, sometimes we get a little frustrated. We get a little antsy. Some of us probably in here get hangry, ready to snap on somebody unless we could eat something really fast. Um, but I, I don't think that that's, that's, that's totally the way that God wants, wants the gospel to be in our heart. I really do believe that there's this, this beauty that comes from it. And I believe that there is a way that the church produces this beautiful fruit, this fruit of the Spirit even as it says in Galatians 5, that people come from all over just to experience here. To experience in the churches around the community. Because there's a lot of hurting people out there. Some people have a hard time even getting a good compliment. They're yearning for that fruit. And I believe that God has given us the Holy Spirit within us to be able to share that with them. You can't get this fruit anywhere else in the world, only in the church. The beautiful part about that is that, you know, I know that God cares so much that he gives us that grace period that time of growing, that, that time of just being with him. Um, and so I know that he's going to supply the vision. He's going to increase it more into our minds so that we can see it more. And he's going to show us how we can love people in a greater way. I know Pastor Joey has expressed vision week after week, and he's done a great job of that. And... Um, one of the things that he's talked about is having a thousand plus people here in the year 2030. Um, at some point, I believe it was it after a year, we'd like to see a hundred people discipled. A hundred people discipled in a year. Like, man, 
Like, those are some goals. I think they're great goals, and I believe they're high goals, and I believe that we should go after them. But could you imagine seeing the balcony up here? Like, this church is built to have a balcony up here, and it's great talking with Bill about his plans of how, you know, he either wants to, uh, I guess, have it here, or he wanted to move back here or somewhere else, but we have brothers in the church who are just talking about plans for the future for 2030, and I just think that's a beautiful thing. I think that's a beautiful thing. So we have some things to accomplish, and I believe that we can accomplish them. And so today we're just going to kind of go over how we can, how we can accomplish those things. Um, we're just going to read from um, one of our texts. Um, I had two chapters there, but I think I'm going to read from Titus chapter 3. Um, I believe that that's a, a good verse uh, for us to read from. So if you have your Bibles, if you could turn there. Um, I might have a different uh, a version than you, but um, we'll, go ahead, we'll go ahead and read it. I'm going to go ahead and read mine from the NIV. Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate, and always to be gentle toward everyone. At one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us. Not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of the rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through through Jesus Christ, our Savior. So that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. This is a trustworthy saying, and I want you to stress these things so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. These things are excellent and profitable for everyone. But avoid foolish controversies and genealogies and arguments and quarrels about the law, because these are unprofitable and useless. Warn a divisive person once, and then warn them a second time. After that, have nothing, nothing to do with them. You may be sure that such people are warped and sinful. They are self-condemned. As soon as I send Artemis or Ticket, excuse me, Tychicus, there we go. He sounds like he's Greek, right? To you, do your best to come to me, a Nicopolis. Because I have decided to winter there. Do everything you can to help Zenos, the lawyer, and Apollos on their way and see that they have everything they need. Our people must learn to devote themselves to doing what is good in order to provide for urgent needs and not live unproductive lives. Everyone with me sends you greetings. Greet those who love us in the faith. Grace be with you all. So something that we see in these verses is that, first of all, is that God is saying that in, 
what Paul is saying through these verses, that we shouldn't, um, we should understand, excuse me, we should understand that we have received salvation through faith alone and not through works. And I believe that that's important because at the entrance of our salvation, we didn't have to work for anything. We're basically not good people in our hearts. And Jesus loved us while we were still sinners. He gave us something that we didn't even have to work for, something that we didn't deserve. And so we see that uh, in this verse here, when it talks about uh, when his kindness appeared to us. We see that in verse 4. It says, he saved us not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing and rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. The King James Version says, But after that kindness and love of God, our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we had done, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing and regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. I just think that's a beautiful thing because it's like we didn't have to work for it. It's like if you're a teenager and you wanted a car, like most teenagers, like Eric here, Eric wants a car. So Eric got to go and he got to ball out. He got to work at Donato's and make some dinero. <laughs> but when you, have, when you have God, see, God loves us so much. He gave us salvation just because we believed. We didn't have to work for it. We didn't have to do it through circumcision through uh, the slaughter of livestock. We, we didn't have to do it through uh, you know, uh, holding the Sabbath. We didn't have to do it uh, through abstaining from certain meats. Pork, you know I like bacon. Bacon's good. We didn't have to do any of those things. All we had to do was believe. And it was declared righteousness unto us. However, in the, in the bigger story... What God is saying through these verses is that I created you for something. I created you for something good. I created you to to do good things for other people. Because these good things that I am going to uh, um, call you to do, it's not for your salvation, but it's for other men. It is for other men. If we look right here in our verse, it says in verse 8, this is King James Version. This is a faithful saying. I want you to repeat this after me. This is a faithful saying. saying. In these things I will, that thou affirm constantly. That they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable unto men. See, the beautiful thing about that verse 
is that it has nothing to do with our salvation. Do you know that if you've believed that Jesus is God and you've believed that he died for your sins, that you are a child of God. You should not have to continue believing, am I saved or am I not saved? Am I saved or am I not saved? You are a child of God. And see, that's what the enemy tries to do. The enemy tries to discourage people. It tries to discourage us because we're not perfect. Tries to discourage us because we make mistakes. But you got to tell the enemy, you tried to bury me, but I'm a seed. I'm a seed that's going to produce fruit for the good of all men. God has created us to love men. He's created us to love them. Not not because we're trying to please men, but because it pleases the Father. It pleases the Father when we love other people. As a matter of fact, if we did things to please men, we would always be dissatisfied. Because men are always dissatisfied. And we would look at their face to get the proper recognition, and sometimes we wouldn't get it. So our love for the Father should cause us to love men. We see this in, uh, I believe this is Matthew chapter 25, where it's talking about um, giving to the least of these. Giving to the least of these. Um, He's saying, if you give to the least of these, it's almost as if you're doing it for me. Almost as if you're doing it for me. Um, I I know Pastor Joey has told a story about that, and it's kind of almost identical to it. And he talked about how he and a group of men, they were getting together at the church, and they were saying, hey, we're going to do this, and we're going to do that, and we're going to do this in the community. We're going to help all these people. We're going to do all these things. And then this guy comes in off the street, and he looks like he's in need of help. And then they soon forgot everything that they said that they were going to do. Pastor Joey keeps it real, so he got in the truck and said, I'm going to help this dude out. We do these things because it's pleasing to God. And it's good unto men. There's a a few verses that shows that there's this projection outward. Once God comes into our heart, there's this projection outward. There's this love. The same love that God has towards men, God has put that inside of us, and he's teaching us to have that projection outward towards men. A few verses here. Matthew 5, 13 through 16 says, Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men. Ye are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick and give it light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. That is, that is beautiful. That is beautiful. It's saying that, it's saying that 
You are the children of God. We are the children of God. The church is the children of God. And just like those tall trees, like people will see us from a distance because the beauty that's shining from our lives. Another verse here is 1 Peter 2, through 12, uh, 2 and 12. And this is really cool because you see Jesus talking about it in Matthew, and then he passes it on down to Peter, and then everyone will see that he passes it on down to Paul too. Um, having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. And a lot of this is, is, is really not about, I don't, I don't even want our focus to be on the works. I think the beautiful part is that people will glorify our Father on the day of visitation. Isn't that beautiful? Like, imagine it. The balcony full with new believers in Christ. Beautiful sons and daughters because of the things that God is calling us into. You know, when I, when, I, when I moved to Columbus, Nadine and I moved to Columbus, I was working at a circuit board manufacturing plant. I was a team leader there. And Nadine got a job at Ohio State, and we could not beat the benefits. We were like, we're going to have to move. So um, I was getting set up at that job there, and I had a lot of good opportunities coming that way, but we couldn't beat the benefits. So we took off. We headed towards Columbus. And so we moved here to Columbus. I was searching for a job. I could not find a job anywhere. And so my friend called me up and he says, hey, I know this guy. I work out with him. He owns several Little Caesars. So I said, all right, great. Um, I said, I'll take the job at Little Caesars. So I'm out there. I got my sign, you know, I got my foot going. I got people honking at me and I'm I'm doing my job. And um, no, I never did do the sign. They left that for the 16 year olds. But I remember, I remember working at this place, and um, I remember having this boss. He was the worst boss in the world. He was terrible. He was mad about everything. I mean, he could get mad about anything. I mean, if you had eyebrows on your face, he'd find a way to get mad about it. <laughs> Just come here with those eyebrows for. Call the clock out. No, but this guy just had a bad attitude, and I'm telling you what, I, I like to be happy about 90% of the time. I do. And... Uh, he knew just how to ruin my day. And so I had to work with this guy, you know, uh, every day. And I met with him in the morning. I was usually the first one there in the morning. And I just found time just to pray with God in the morning because a lot of times I would do stuff in the back and I'd be mixing sauce and stuff like that. And I'll just be asking the Lord to help me, help my attitude how my attitude with this guy. And so there would, uh, I would go and I'd work the cash register throughout the day. And when people would come in, you know, I would, I would just pray and I have this communication with God. And, and when I would meet people, it would just bring joy to my heart and I'd just be happy again. I'd say, welcome to Little Caesars. My name is Ron. How may I help you today? And people say, are you a manager? I said, no, I'm just uh, drenched with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> but, 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 but that's how I used to treat all the customers because in my heart, I was, I, was, I was showing even grace to my manager. I was always being kind to him. 
And um, I even told him that one time. I said, look, man, I'm showing you grace. I got Jesus in me. I really did. I told him that, man. I'm showing you grace, man. I've been nice to you. <laughs> and, and so, um, so anyways, uh, this happened about um, two months from today. Two months from today. I went in to get a physical um, a place over on uh, Hilliard Rome. There's a guy who is a physical therapist in there. His name is Joe. And um, I'll go in the back and I'm meeting with Joe. Kind of looks me up and down like this. Says, okay. Mr. Corlew goes over here, fills up my paperwork, gives me my paperwork and stuff. So he has me start, you know, doing some stuff, you know, starts working on me, making sure everything's working fine, you know, like that. And so... Um, he says, hey, man, he said, uh, what kind of work you do? I said, um, well, I said, I'm a, a youth pastor out in Mechanicsburg. He was like, oh, he said, okay, okay. I said, man, I feel like I know you from somewhere. I feel like I know you from somewhere. And so it, I'm like, where does he know me from? He's like, hey, man. Did you work at Little Caesars? <laughs> and and let, let me mind you, this is about five years ago. Five years ago. He's, he's like, did you work at Little Caesars? I'm saying, yeah, I did. I did work at Little Caesars. He said, dude, I remember you. He said, you used to wait on me all the time. He said, man, the thing I remember the most is that you were always so nice to me. He said, I always remember that. You're always so nice to me. And the thing is, I may never meet Joe again. But I know, I know that I, I, there's a seed that was planted there. A seed that was planted there that he will always remember. And, that, and that, that is the fruit. That is the fruit that we see in Galatians 5. It's love, joy, patience, long-suffering. Peace, these beautiful things that people are desiring and they're looking for. <laughs> you know, this is, this is really what the true essence of the church is. You know, it's, it's these guys that get up here and they preach for a long time. And you got the congregation and it's the restaurants that are going to pay for it. Because you guys are just ready to bust and you just want to get out there and get something to eat. And it's the buffets that pay the most because we'll take our whole family out there and we'll eat off of four plates apiece. So the buffet in Urbana is going to be hurting. Good thing we don't do that with the spoons, though, right? They're reusable. We got to just clamp down things, yank up like that, and it's ready for bread pudding. Back to it. I know that God wants to do something beautiful in our church. He wants, to, he, wants to, he wants to pack this place out. He wants to pack this place out. And so for the church in general, not just at MCF, but all over, there's a few things that, that have to happen for those, those trees to grow and that fruit to be as big as possible. To be as big as possible. Um, I believe one of the things that we have to do is it's imperative 
that we do it is that we take time alone with God. Taking time alone with God is so important because it's how we build our relationship with God. We see uh, Jesus talking about that uh, when he's talking about the men who pray out in public. He tells them to, it's best if we pray on our own because then that's when we receive our reward. Not only is he scolding the men who pray out in public and and look for high praise, but he's also uh, speaking to the beauty of praying in private. He's saying when you pray in private that there's beautiful, uh, a reward that happens on the outside. The fruit of private prayer is manifested. So I believe that one way we do that is we, is we germinate. We germinate. We germinate by the things that we do in private. Our private prayer. Our private worship. Our private times of fasting. Our private times of meditation. Sitting in quiet. Not new age meditation. Listening for God's voice. Our private time of reading the word is how we germinate. It's how the seed begins to grow. It's how the seeds start. The other thing that we must do is we must grow. We must grow. Growth comes from time with God. It's the only way that it happens doesn't shoot up. It's not quick. It's very patient. God's very patient with us, and we, and we just grow. Spending time with God. Some of us are taller trees than other trees. Some of us, some of us have read into, into the word. Mark's a tall tree. He's not very high in stat, but he's a tall tree. <laughs> So we must grow, and not only must we grow, we must grow with the intention that someday we will be reproducing. Now, when I was a young man, uh, one, of the, one of the good things that I got to do was watch my dad, because my dad, was, uh, he, my dad is a great man. He's a great man. He's a great pastor. I love my dad. And one of the things that I love that my dad did was he showed my mom a lot of love. He showed my mom so much love that when I was seven years old, the number one thing that I wanted to do was be a good husband and a good father. Those are the two things in my heart since I was seven years old. And it's because my dad had left a legacy. And then the legacy was implanted in me so much so that in a way for little RJ— I want, to live my, I want to live my life from seven years old to build a legacy. So I'm thinking in advance the life that I can leave for him, and I'm hoping that he does the same thing. So we must grow with that in mind. Thank you. He put my next one up. The next one is reproduce, which is um, an obedient to have a heart to reproduce. I believe that God wants us to take what we have 
and reproduce it. When I was looking at the foundations of the church, one of the things that it said is that we are ambassadors for Christ. The thing is that God, he's really not going to put any, anything more on us than we can bear. But it's a, it's a calling. It's a calling. And then he puts young people in our lives. There are young people in this church who are um, in need of cultivating. <laughs> and we have, we have uh, young man Eric here starting to meet with Jeshua. That's a, that's a great relationship. Kyle and I met last Sunday. Spent some good time together. And we're learning about the things of God. So then we, we start to see this discipleship. I know that's two added to the hundred. And I know that God is going to allow for more to occur. So this time that we spend with God in our private time, um, it will lead us to, uh, to be more encouraged and have obtained more knowledge to be able to even share with others. <laughs> I know that God is working in Mechanicsburg. Some, sometimes we, um, we may hear things that may be, uh, I, guess, I guess, tough or challenging over the pulpit. But I know that God is using it for our good. It's the beauty of it. It's the beauty of, uh, of the final grade. It's the, it's the beauty of, of, of the good health. It's the beauty of the things that we need. Sometimes it takes pain. Sometimes it takes working out or abstaining from, you know, uh, from something that we really love or we really desire that helps us out. Um, finances, sometimes it's hard to save. Sometimes I, I get, you know, I get done with work, and I'm just like, man, I did such a good job. I just need to go out and reward myself. Let me use that card that Nadine doesn't know about. <laughs> she won't check that one. I'm going to slide that one, and I'm going to get some Dairy Queen. That's going to be good for me. <laughs> it won't necessarily be good for me if I did slide it. If I did use the card and, you know, Got some junk food for me. Probably not too nutritious. Sometimes over the f- pulpit, we'll hear, we'll hear people um, preaching about broccoli. We'll hear broccoli. And broccoli may not sound too appetizing. However, it may be the beautiful thing for us. Maybe the good thing for us. <laughs> you know, one of, one of the things I see... And, and, and this is this is not my notes, um, but I just want to I just want to encourage you all, you know, um, just just in the leadership. Um, we got a I got a call or a text from Bree Bree O'Connor's. I don't think Bree is in here right now, but Bree was telling me that uh, there was um, uh, a, a a spirit or a demon inside of her mom's house. And she was telling me that they needed someone to come over there and pray over the house. And that one of the children had heard something that I'm going to push you down the stairs. And then a little bit later, a day or two, the kid got pushed down the stairs. 
So they were really scared. They were really afraid that, that there was something inside of this house. And so she said, she said, do you think, do you know anybody who can come over and pray? And I said, yeah. I said, I said we can come over and pray. So um, I got a hold of Joey, and Joey got a hold of the, uh, some of the elders. And um, Stu and Bob ended up being the ones who came out um, with me, and we, we all went over there together. And we said, hey, we're going to pray over this house. And so, um, so we went in there, and there's this beautiful family in there, two beautiful little kids sitting on the couch, and we see mom and dad. And so... So they just start, we start kind of talking to them about the gospel. Start talking to them about the gospel and about the love of Jesus Christ. And so then we go down in the basement and we just start praying over that basement. We start praying over that basement. And Stu starts seeing things. And if he saw something that he felt like he just needed to cover, he said, hey, watch out for that. Watch out for that. And, and we just kept praying for him. We went upstairs. We prayed all over that house, prayed all over it. And we talked to that, we talked to that young man about our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And then we prayed for him right there in one of his kids' room. And he gave his heart to God right there. We earned a brother and sister or a brother and a sister in Christ. It's that obedience to sometimes the things that God is calling us that allows for us to see the fruit, allows to, for us to taste of it. Sam had been planting seeds. She had been planting seeds for some time. And sometimes it does take a little while to see the fruit grow. But the Lord is working here. He's working through you, every single one of you. You're children of God, and people are going to see the tall harvest. People are going to come, and they're going to desire the fruit, and they're going to know exactly where to get it from. So, I don't go long. So, if you could all just stand with me. I just want to pray. (laughs) Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you. Father, we're praying that your Holy Spirit would be in here right now. Lord, we're praying that, that you would give us ears to hear, Lord. Let our hearts be open, Lord, to what was just spoken, Father. Lord, out of all the things that were spoken, Lord, may we see it as something beautiful that we have just retained. May nothing that was spoken, Lord, be seen as guilt. May we see the glory of your working, Lord, in our hearts, Father, for the sake of Mechanicsburg, for the sake of West Liberty, for the sake of Urbana, for the sake of Springfield, for the sake of the surrounding area, Lord. May the gospel move forward through us, Lord. May our dedication to you, Father, in our times of private, when we're germinating, may we begin to see sprouts from that, Father. 
May we begin to see fruit from that, Father. Lord, could you help us to grow with humility? Help us to have a greater understanding of what you see through your word. May we not see works, Lord. May we not see the gospel as cramping our lifestyle, Lord, or or even hurting us. May we see the beauty of it, Lord, and how it's driving us to love others more. How it teaches us to love our spouse more, Lord. How it teaches us to love people at work more. We embrace that beauty today, Lord, as a congregation. We pray every day, Lord, that you bring us more and more on one accord on the needs of the church. We thank you, Father, for what you're going to do with us today. Lord, could you allow for the retainment of the word, Lord, to go with us throughout our week. We thank you for that. In the name of your son, Jesus, we pray. The church said, amen. Amen. All righty. We're dismissed. Um, find time to pray in the morning. Spend time with God, your first fruits, and have a great week.